You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Okay, listeners, I have a special guest. Well, all my guests are special, but this one's special, special. And as, as you know how I do it, I let the guests introduce themselves and to tell us what they do for a living. Oh, Dan, I'm delighted to be joining you for a quick conversation. So I'm Mary Myatt and my background's RE, but what I do nowadays is I talk with pupils, teachers and leaders about learning leadership and the curriculum. And the curriculum's really taken over in the last couple of years or so. It has got a leg, has it? It's got a couple of legs. It's doing a little bit of a sprint, isn't it, the curriculum? And, and you know what? All power to it because it, we know that was just the be all, you know, the start and the end of things. But it's just taken on a life, which I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. I'm glad that, you know, and I'm glad that there are people in the space owning that conversation as well. And that, that's a really good thing. That's a good thing. All right. Well, today is a mistakes, mishaps, and triumphs episode. So now we know. We have Mary Meyer on with us for 15 minutes. Prick up your ears, get ready, get listening. Mistake, mishap or triumph, Mary, where would you like to start? Well, I'll start with the leadership mistake, if that's all right. And I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, Diana, but I, I really quite struggle with this. Not because I am perfect. I'm, I'm really good about a handful of things and I'm rubbish at everything else. But one of the things I am quite good at is the things that go wrong. I do reflect on them deeply and I absorb them and, and feed it into my modus operandi. And then they just become part of the way that I do things. And I, I never beat myself up. It's like I was doing the best I could with the information and resources I had at the time. And, and so I, I work hard not to, not to let myself get down, but I do reflect deeply. But one thing that I think I could have done better on a regular basis, so I would call this a leadership mistake, was handling and managing people upline. So I think I was pretty, pretty good with my peers. And of course, I work for myself now. So I just do, it's great because nobody can farm me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I just do the work I think is interesting. And exactly, and leave the rest. <laughs> I leave the rest. But, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, when I was working, let's say when I was in schools, but when I joined the local authority, for instance, and I had a grand time there, but when you're working in a really big organisation, there are meetings that need to go on that relate to the running of that organisation. I always really struggled with those. And so I'm afraid I was a bit naughty and I used to proclaim very loudly both both orally, vocally, and also in emails, that I would turn up to one of these meetings once, that I couldn't see a link back to what was happening in schools and classrooms. They wouldn't see me again. And so- wow. you, you actually wrote and said that. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> go big or go home, I like it. <laughs> well, it was like, 
you know, I'm, I'm paid to do certain things. And, and, and you know, and, but the most important thing I was doing was supporting, was supporting work in, in schools in the local authority. And so I think I could have been more sensitive in the way that I phrased that. But I, I just, I'm always very conscious of time. We've all only got so much time. Yes. As far as we know, this is one shot. I just don't have time to muck about. And yes. so I think I could have been a bit more... I think I could have been a bit more humane in the way that I announced those, but it wasn't about me and my ego. It was about, it was about just, is this worth spending my time on? So I would turn up once, but then they wouldn't see me again afterwards. And I think, I think on the back of that, I don't think I got as far as I could have done in the local authority. <laughs> you know, it just reminds me of when I was, I was deputy head in a tough school. My school was difficult. It was the sink school of the borough. It was a tough, a tough gig. And there were all these networks springing up, you know, black leaders doing this and female leaders doing that and deputy heads doing the other. And I used to send the email, I haven't got time to sit and cuddle with you. I'm busy running a school. <laughs> I mean, I was, I mean, people think that I can be, you know, a little forthright now. I was raw because I was under pressure. I didn't mm. have time to sit and talk about stuff. I had to do stuff. I had kids, you know, that were failing and I had to get in there and, and to stop that narrative of failure. And I didn't think that narrative could be in any way influenced by sitting around a table with other leaders talking about coaching, which I now love. At the time, I thought coaching was for people who couldn't do their job. So you had to have a bit of coaching to help you. <laughs> and I was vocal and they kept inviting me because I was literally the only black deputy head in the borough and they wanted me to come to the meeting. <laughs> I refused to go. But do I regret it? Um, no. <laughs> I regret sending the email. That I'm not coming to cuddle with you. Mm. Oh, I, I wish I had gone, I think. I think that's hilarious. I think that's hilarious. But I think once you've got your values pretty square, it becomes really clear about what you're meant to be doing at a certain point in your life and what you're not meant to be doing. So it makes absolute sense that you're now completely immersed in and, and adding enormous value to the, to the co coaching arena. But at the time that did feel like a redundant activity. And I'm sure they would have taken it in the right spirit. I don't have time to come. Someone's probably framed that somewhere. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I did, and I used to call. I mean, when I look back and I think, oh, Diana, really? I used to call coaching the cuddle club. You know, I was so disparaging. I used to call any sort of what I called fluffy help. <laughs> you know, because really, is that what's going to get year nine through? Have you seen a state of year nine? And there you are in the coaching triad. I was just so on the ground and not, you know, thinking wider, thinking deeper. But it was my mistake. Absolutely my mistake. If I go back, I would do it differently. <laughs> but I like the one of you won't see me again unless it relates to what I want to do. <laughs> I might steal that. I might just steal that. All right, mishap or triumph, where mishap is, you know, it started off fine, and then it just went wrong. I don't know what happened. It was, it was okay, and then it went pear-shaped. So I've got, I've got a couple very quickly there. So when I was in school just outside Ipswich, I was leading on the, the, the curriculum D-timetable D, D time day, a whole a week, actually. 
And I'd set up this wonderful program of, and it was fantastic what, what the staff and the kids got up to. It was really, really good, high quality stuff. It wasn't me, it was lots of other people contributing as well. But anyway, I'd set up this marvellous timetable for it all. And we had to split the, I, I was uh, leading it for year seven, we had to split it bet between two cohorts. So there was cohort A and cohort B. I'm handing out the paperwork and I've realised I've given it to them the wrong way around. So the A's have got the B timetable and the B's have got the A. So unpicking that was a piece of work, but that was kind of, that was kind of my, and then it, you know, people, people are very good. That was more admin than kind of leadership. But the one I really wanted to talk about, and again, I can talk about this because, you know, I've worked for myself for the last 10 years when I was made redundant from said local authority. Oh, they got you back. <laughs> you don't have to go to our meetings anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what fed into that. No, when, when there were all the cuts and, and, you know, my local authority was huge. I mean, at about 380 schools, it was big. And there was a big team of us. And basically when the cuts came after, you know, when everything was cut back to when the coalition government came in, basically, unless you were safeguarding data or the core, you were out. So I was out. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they weren't desperate to keep me. Oh, I got on with them day by day and got my colleagues. But no, so basically the mishap that I think would be quite amusing to share was that I, I realised during lockdown, something I've been sort of working on at a sort of kind of low key level was getting my material online because I was finding that there was a lot of stuff that, you know, people wanted and they were all wanting the same thing, which is great, you know, basically on the curriculum and some other stuff as well, but that I hadn't got enough time in the in the diary to do it all. So I've been thinking a couple of years or so ago, I just need to get some stuff filmed. I've done a bit of that. And then in lockdown, it became clear that there was a much wider audience beyond senior leaders. And, you know, I love senior leaders, but basically I'm more interested in helping teachers. And that's what came about through lockdown was that the stuff that I did for things like Research at Home, Seneca Learn, some of the teaching school alliances like Chilton, they did put on some marvellous programmes during lockdown. And so again, that kind of increased demand. So anyway, long story short was that I decided rather than creating recordings and selling them at quite a high price, because you've got to get your money back from the investment you've put into it, it was still cheaper than having me visit a school or speak at a conference. I thought I'm going to flip that model and I'm going to have a kind of Netflix model. So that instead of it being one-off transactional at quite a high price, instead it would be a low, low cost, really low cost <laughs> like under seven quid a month and then always stuff free and then growing it so when we started it last October so nine months or so ago we had 50 recordings from about 20 contributors and now nine months later we've got over 250 recordings from over 50 contributors so it's really really growing which is great but you have this ongoing relationship with people rather than selling this stuff one by one anyway I was a bit bored with Mary Myatt uh, <laughs> I thought I need another name for this. <laughs> I want to be Sasha Fierce. <laughs> just like oh I'm just a mad old bat up a mountain in Wales, you know. So I, I, I just, it. I just thought, you know, I really don't want my name linked to this. So anyway, we came up with what I thought was a brilliant name called the Soak. The so the Soak. The soak, as in a place to refresh oh, and recharge your imagination. I your thought I was an old man that drank too much, but that's just me, sorry. <laughs> there are those connotations as well. So anyway, so we launched it as the soak with big fanfare. 
And then we thought, because it's quite nature because I hate stuff that is too directional. I don't want to be told. I don't want someone talking to me and reading a PowerPoint at the same time. Just let me read the blimmin' PowerPoint. Oh, I don't need you. And so this is all conversational. Uh, it's warts and all. We've got this amazing range, truly inclusive. We've got this brilliant young chap called Jonathan Bryant, who has got a charity called Teach Us Too for children who can't communicate in schools. It's just amazing. All the way from that to the curriculum, all sorts of lovely stuff on there. Anyway, so it's it's just offering people a, sp a space to, to grow and refresh their professional imaginations without saying, you've got to do it this way to get it right for Ofsted. It's like, no, that's so not the agenda yeah anyway so the soak sort of kind of summed up what we wanted to do and then then thought better get it registered because it is quite unusual so we put it through registers and we picked up that there was a wine bar to your point in London well that's not a problem there's also some bathroom manufacturers in the Midlands again that's not a problem and we had identified that there was a there was a digital company which hadn't raised any concerns and doing some great work. What we hadn't picked up was that they do some work for some universities and they got in touch with us to say, we think there could be a conflict. Yes. And so I thought, I just haven't got, there wasn't a conflict basically, because mine's going into classrooms. There's this sort yes. of international kind of stuff. I, I have not got the energy <laughs> the money <laughs> I don't mind throwing money at stuff if I think I've, I just haven't got the energy to find it so I said I, I opted out gracefully and I said look entirely understand we hadn't picked this up right so then we had to think about what we're going to call it so by that time I got over I got over myself and I just thought people know you Mary as doing certain things primarily on curriculum they're really interested in the curriculum stuff why because i I, I think out loud about my ideas on the curriculum. Some of it is helpful, but it's never the last word. So anyway, I'd got over myself by then. And so we came up with, with the thing Might and Co. And so that has actually turned out to be much better. So when you say, I'm talking to a mishap, it, it felt like a blimmin' mishap at the time. I bet it's it's and then it had been launched with all this fanfare and it's got its own, it's got its own Twitter handle. And obviously I feed stuff through it. And then we had to say, well, well, turns out so. That. But people were really, really good. So it moved from the soap to Martin Go. But actually, what it does, the and and the co stands for contributors, collaborators, mm. co 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 workers, yeah. co professionals. So it's like we've actually come up with something that I think is is better. But my goodness, it was butter clenchingly embarrassing having to say. <laughs> That's what the Alex Bergson would call squeaky bum time. Yeah. You know. You're just about to get there and, oh my God, something like, you can't have our name. Yeah. Oh. oh and we were, we were already up and running. We had about 3,000 people on the site. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we'd been trading as. You'd been trading as the soak already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But people, I tell you what, people are so forgiving because yes. I think particularly if you're building fast and you're building in public, you say, well, we, you know, it's it's natural. If you wait till all your ducks in a row, you know, it'll be written on my, on my gravestone. She had a nice idea. Yeah. But what happened to it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just that, you know, get up, launch and go. And if a mistake happens, a mishap happens, just say, hands up, my bad. 
I'm sorry. You're not going to believe what I've just done. <laughs> just, <laughs> my often used to say to my stuff, you're not going to believe this. They say, no, miss, we do believe it. We do believe <laughs> that you've done that. <laughs> yeah. Or um, can I just say, I haven't got a Scooby-Doo, which means I haven't got a clue. I, I had a go and it went wrong. <laughs> but that's a mishap, absolutely. Bring it home for us, Mary. What was the time when you smashed it? Well, I'm really proud of this, but when, when I left the local authority, it was great. You know, I had, I had plenty of work coming through. I was really lucky, including some contracts from said local authority, which helped to get going, which was great. But my first discipline, my first love is religious education. So I did a lot around that. And I'd seen, when I, when I was still at the local authority and, and in and out doing various things, that there was a conference being run around the primary science quality mark. And I just heard the person who was leading that absolutely brilliant, capturing all the best stuff that happens in primary science. And I just said to myself, well, why don't we have one for religious education? Why isn't there one for RE? Oh, yeah. And there is now. And that's my triumph. But I, I uh, set it up, would have been about 2012, about a year after I left the local authority with a fantastic colleague called Jane Brooke who, again, doing a huge amount nationally on RE, also a local authority, school improvement partner, mm. senior, senior person also at Chester Cathedral. And it was such a joy working with her, setting this up. I just love working with people. It's like, boom, 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 just get cracking, just, just get, get it done. Yeah. And so I'm really, I'm really proud of that. And it's, it's, it was a way of capturing great quality stuff in religious education and affirming the practice that's going on. But also Jane and I were very slick at pulling down grant funding to support small schools, also to get this work off the ground because to build a website, to build conferences, to train people as assessors. I mean, it was a big piece of work and I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with that. Sounds amazing. Oh, thank you so much for this. It's, it's just wonderful to sit and listen, have a chat with you. You know, and it just, it makes, I'd always say to people, you know, we are real. You know, you see us, you know, at conferences or giving keynote speeches or, you know, producing content, but we're real people with emotions and feelings and mishaps and visits to numpty land, as I call it, you know, where we just, you know, get it wrong, come back, go there again and so on. So, it's really good just to engage on that sort of level. So if people want to engage with your content, find out more about you, join your Mary Meyer and Co collection, how do they get hold of you? Oh, you could just, just Google it, Mary Meyer, it'll come up on my website and it's all linked from there, Mary Meyer Learning. But it's been a joy talking with Diana. And I think that this idea that we are all ordinary people, we've just sort of stuck at it a bit longer, got a few more bruises. Yes. And what I find is talking about the things where it's gone wrong, it's too late now, but I've just thought another great one where I was being watched by four people when I was at the local authority modelling a great lesson. And it, I tell you, it wouldn't have even been a four. When I went to <laughs> apologize, it was, it was frightful, last thing on a Friday afternoon. When I went to apologise at the time, obviously, but then I rang the head on the Monday morning and said, oh, I'm so sorry, that was terrible. He said, it wasn't Mary, it was marvellous. I said, don't let's kid ourselves. It was a complete <laughs> disaster. He said, no, what was marvellous, Mary, was that you modelled doing something, got it wrong, and people really, really appreciated that. And my stock went up. I wouldn't, I don't recommend that, by the way, but I think it's really important. People take on idea, the idea on board that 
the polish on screen has got a huge amount of barnacles behind oh, it. It feels yes. like a way off. So it's yes. so important you're doing this work and thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Mary Myatt, on this episode of Mistakes, Mishaps and Triumphs. Brilliant, thank you. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.